This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Things that come up, because it's easy to say, oh, you know, Grayson's behaving badly and, you know, we just pull him aside. It's easy for things like that. But when there are new issues that arise, what we do is we talk them out. If we're in a situation where there isn't time to discuss, you know, how to discipline, I make sure that if I've disciplined Grayson or if I've disciplined Carrington, I let him know right away. Because the worst thing that you can do is when your kids come home and they're like, can I play on the iPad after I've just taken it away? He has no idea what has happened during the day. And that they are, and he's like, yeah, that's fine. Well, he doesn't know it, but he is indirectly going against what I say. So the biggest thing is that we are, we are together on it. We have talked about, we are together, we are on the same page. We are one united front in our for our children. They're not going to come to one of us, and I'm going to say yes, and he's going to say no, or he's going to say no, or he's going to say, and I'm going to say yes. And the thing is, sometimes I don't agree with, you know, sometimes he might be too harsh on them, or sometimes I might be too harsh, but the bottom, thing, bottom line is, is that we're in agreement on disciplining our children. And you, and you can't uh, pick favorites. My wife accuses me all the time that I let our little daughter, who's four, that she gets away with a lot of stuff. Well, I don't accuse him as the facts. That is the facts. So I have to force myself to be, to be equal with their... Uh, discipline and things like that, and some of the things we do as well. Uh, you know, now you know, people probably have different opinions on that, and that's you know for each his own. Uh, now, I still believe in if you if you spare the rod, you spoil the child, and so we we discipline our kids. We uh, we don't beat our kids, but they do feel the rod of God, uh, depending on how far they've pushed the envelope. And that's important. And so even, even when we discipline them uh, with that direction, we still sit them down and talk to them. Do you know why I spanked you? This is why. This is a consequence. Uh, this was a decision that you made. And if you keep making this decision, you're going to keep getting these same results. And then we try to figure out ways to uh, really uh, leverage things with them. Uh, like, for instance, <clears throat> a few weeks ago, my little girl, uh, she just got in her mind that she wanted to go to Disney. You know, we take at least once a year, we try to go to Disney. We had been, uh, we took, we haven't been in two years. Uh, we were going to go this year, but we moved, and that took up a lot of our time. And so our little girl said, hey, are we going to go to Disney? So we're looking to go in October, uh, but then driving up here with this trip, it was something that we could use, use leverage. And we said, now, Grayson and Carrington, this is a good test to see if you guys can handle Disney. And we're going to see how you do on this little three-hour car ride, how you do at the hotel. And that will determine whether or not me and Mommy are going to spend money to take you guys to Disney. So we try to use things that we can leverage over them as well, but we, we, we communicate to them in a way that the choice is still theirs, how they act, how they respond, but 
the results of that is something we're going to follow through with. So when we tell them something, we don't go back on that. If I say, if you do that again, then this is what's going to happen. We don't go back on that. And there's been times where, where, you know, I said something and I had to follow through with my word. I had to take something away or he couldn't go out and play. And it, I think it hurt me worse than it hurt him. But we still had to follow through. Well, and I'm going to say this. There was one time where I'm like, if you, keep do, if you do that one more time, we are not stopping for ice cream. Lo and behold, it happened one more time, and I punished myself because then we couldn't stop for ice cream. But, I, but, we've had, but that's the thing. I always think, is it something I can follow through? Then, we're go- then I can do it. If it's not something I can follow through, then think of something that I can follow through on. That's big. Another thing that we have done in the past is it's the same thing what we were talking about with marriage. If you, you see a married couple that reflects what you want your marriage to look like, we have certain couples that when we're having an issue with our child that we don't know how to fix ourselves, we have certain couples where we see how their kids behave and we're like, that's what we want our kids to behave like. We go to them with that and we say, uh, Grayson or Carrington has started doing this. We don't know what to do. What do you guys do in this situation? And that helps us because it's okay to ask for help even in, in parenting. Absolutely. We reach out to couples that we admire, and, and you can see the fruit of their, their family and their children. And so, uh, because we don't know everything, and you're going to always hit those things to where it's like, okay, I've tried this, I've tried that, nothing's working. Well, what can I do next? And so, uh, we're just at that stage where our kids are, uh, you know, they're young, and so it's always fun for us. It's like, wow, okay, now we got to, but we don't just blow things off either, because I'm always thinking that, you know what? If we allow that right now, then when he's 16, that's going to be a huge issue, you know? And so we try to nip it. You know, I'm a big fan of Andy Griffith and Barney Fife. Nip it in the bud. So nip it, nip it, nip it. So. And I think another, maybe another intent of that question was, what do you do if you don't agree with disciplining? And that's where we have to, in private, not in front of the children, um, we just have to discuss that and we have to back one another up. There's times where I've called them and I'm like, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. He's like, that seems a little harsh because sometimes as a parent, you, you're angry and you want to you wanna take something away for a month or do something really harsh like that. But you have to listen to your spouse and figure out how to, how to work it together. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, here's another one here. What are some good ways to earn trust back? And I think with that, you know, once, uh, which we talked about it yesterday, uh, once trust has been broken and it's been, uh, compromised depending on, uh, you know, how much it's been broken, you know, to me, the easiest thing to do is you've got to be proactive. Okay. Uh, and I'll paint a scenario. It may not, be the scenario that you're going through, but this is a great scenario. So uh, number one is, is just to start doing everything that you promised you would do. That's, that's, that's a for sure way. And then another thing uh, with trust is being proactive and over communicating, whatever that is, with your spouse to really try to show them that you're going to be a person of your word and you're at least making an effort and an attempt to 
rebuild that trust, you know. Uh, being a, a pastor, I counsel with a lot of different peoples and couples, and so when I come across a couple that they're having trust issues because maybe one of them uh, uh, did something, maybe stepped outside of the marriage a little bit, or uh, maybe they were texting somebody they shouldn't have been texting, and then they realize, whoa, this is going to get out of control, it's leading a bad place, but you know, they didn't do anything physical and cross the line, but their spouse found out about that, and so they had to talk to their spouse about that. And, of course, that has made some distrust issues. So I tell that person, okay, you don't want to be in the home and your spouse is in the kitchen and you're in the living room and you're on your phone doing this. Does that make sense? You've got to be proactive and ask yourself, what actions will cause them to think that I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing and that are continuously uh, adding to the distrust. So you've got to figure out what that is. And maybe that's sitting with your spouse. Hey, what kind of guards or safeguards can I put um, in our marriage that, that, are, that will help me rebuild trust in your eyes as we move forward? And another thing with that is, you know, we all have cell phones. And Adonis has access to my phone and I to his at any given point in time. And so that not only keeps us accountable and, and trust, he can pick up my phone at any time and see anything. And it not only keeps us accountable, but it makes you think, do I really want to send that? Not that it's something, you know, that you're sending to a, someone outside of your marriage, but if it's something that you're like, oh, Adonis did this, it makes you think, oh, don't don't send that. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't say that or maybe you shouldn't send that. So that's another thing where, you know, just have open. If that's been an issue, then just open that up. I know people are like, well, that's my phone or that's my, but this, you two are one. So you should be able to see those things. Here's another one here. What are some spontaneous type dates you recommend? Spontaneous. You want to start that one off? Well, I don't know when you have kids if anything can really be spontaneous because you always need a sitter. But if you have a sitter plan, some things that I think you can do is, I mean, we go out and we try. I like to coupon, as Adana said. We go out and we, I try to find things that we haven't done. Like uh, they have those painting things that you can go and paint together. I never thought we'd have fun. We laughed. We, we had a blast doing just sitting down and painting. And they have those clay things. And they have rock climbing. And they have, I mean, there's all kinds of things. If you go to Groupon, you can find a bunch of things to do on Groupon that you haven't done before and try some new things. Whether What if that's even going out and going roller skating? I say that, but we haven't done that. I don't know that we will be doing that. But that I know that there are some couples who have gone out and just gone roller skating. Or there's just going out to a sporting event, doing anything that you normally don't do, trying a new restaurant. That's another thing, too, is that you get in a routine of, oh, it's date night, we're going to Carabas, or it's date night, we're going to Chili's, or wherever your date night is. Pick something different. Try something else. Explore new things. Explore things in your city. There's things to do. Like, what, think about what do tourists do when they come to your city, and then go do them. Because half the time, I lived in Arizona. I never once went to the Grand Canyon. 
That's crazy. Why did I not go to the Grand Canyon? So think about those things for your city that you are missing out, that you haven't done that. When you have visitors and you bring your visitors, where do you take them? Start doing some of those things with your spouse. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, we live in Nashville, and you would think we're downtown Nashville all the time, and, and we're not. And then when we do end up down there, we're like, how come we don't come down here more often? And so Heather's real good at, once again, finding different restaurants. And once again, you don't have to break the budget. You don't have to break the bank to go out and have a good time. And so uh, you can be very intentional on that. Or sometimes it could just be going out for a walk. Any type of, you know, if somebody pops in, you know, we have you know, people that come over, they, they're close to us. They want to come spend time with the kids. And so we, we can take advantage of that. Okay, they're going to be here. Hey, we're going to go for a walk for 30 minutes. And just anything that, that puts you alone with each other. And it just, you know, uh, practice keeping your cell phone away so that you could have that time with each other and just enjoy uh, talking. You're not trying to solve anything. You're not trying to work through anything. You're just out having a good time with that. All right, ready I'm ready for this okay. one. Is sex in the car still okay? I have an answer for this. I have a really good answer for this for us. So you guys think about your own situation. I remember when, um, after we got married, uh, Adonis was, I don't know, we were at some park, and I'm like, we can't be making out here. We can't be making out in the car. And he's like, I'm like, we're married. We're married. It's Why can't car. we be making out in the, in the car? And I go back, tick, tick, tick. I work for a law enforcement agency. I have to get up on the stand and testify to my test results. When I took when I started at this law enforcement agency, I took a polygraph. One of the questions they asked me, have you ever had sex in a public place, in a car, in an elevator, in a, on my polygraph? So I have to be able to walk in and say, no, I don't have sex in a car, in an elevator. And why? Because there are cameras everywhere nowadays. Just be mindful. You do what you want to do. If there, if there are ways you want to spice up your marriage, you go for it. But just be mindful, as I have a different perspective on that. So, you know, my, my natural response was, what if we, you know, tint the windows more and all that stuff? But, you know, she, she wasn't having it. I said, what if I park in this isolated place where nobody's around? But the point is, I still have to go into a polygraph and say, nope, I don't. I haven't. So, you know, I just I don't want to be telling a, looking across from a complete stranger and say, oh, yeah, my husband, and I had sex in the car here and we had sex here and we had sex there. So we are uh, more guarded due to our situation. Well, and not only that, you wouldn't it would be kind of embarrassing if we get caught and pastor is caught in park having sex with his wife, makes the headlines, that might not be a good thing. Or some, some people may say, you go, boy, you go. You, you do your thing, Pastor, because you, you deserve, you do it, man. But, you, you know, so is what it is. You know, I can, couldn't get hung up on that. Just, just is what it is. And so, you know, then, you know, it's like, in, you know, unfortunately, you know, I don't like camping out in the woods and wilderness because of the bears and stuff. So I had to 
Because I start thinking, what if we go to the, the woods somewhere? And so we just, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Sharks and bears. And Sharks snakes. and bears and snakes. Absolutely. Yeah. Have, have y'all seen that movie, The Revenant? Anybody seen The Revenant? Y'all even seen with, uh, who's that? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? You ever seen it? Okay, you seen some of it? You see the bear attack? Yeah. I was watching that on the plane, flying in. I stopped it after the bear attack. And I'm like, I will never go camping in the woods. Ever. 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 So So we camp in our backyard. Yeah, camped in the backyard. And that was that was good. Okay. How do you keep each other accountable to spend time with the Lord? I think with that one, you know, you don't want to force your partner because it'll, they will have a tendency or maybe open up the door for them to think, well, you don't think I'm spiritual enough, you know? But I think you want to encourage each other. And I think with that is you try to make that as um, easy as possible. Start off with prayer. Once again, Heather and I, we pray every morning. So we build that into our routine uh, through prayer. And then same thing with it, guys. At the end of the day, we are in a busy world. We're busy people. All of us are. And so you've got to dial that in somewhere into your schedule that you're going to spend some time with God, no matter what that is, through prayer or you're going to, um, you know, if you've got a, a smartphone, there's an app, the Version Bible app. Does anybody ever do some of those where you go on? And, and uh, now, you know, I have a devotional on that Version Bible app. You guys can go on there for the plans, hit plans, search my name, Adonis Lindsay, and my devotional will pop up. It's a five-day devotional. So we've started doing things like that. I know Heather started some as well, but whatever it is that keeps you in a routine of working on your relationship with the Lord, or you've got your, your quiet time, you know, it may not mean that you guys are all coming together for a Bible study, and you got to do that every day, but whatever that is, me and my kids, you know, I'll read the, uh, some Bible stories to them at nighttime, and we're introducing that to them as well, but, you know, keeping yourselves accountable is great, but you don't want to appear like you're dictating, Baby, have you spent time with God today? You know, because then that's, you're going to be like, okay, now you've got this holier-than-thou attitude, and, and you've opened up a door to the, to the enemy to cause one of you to think that they're judging your, your walk with the Lord. But you want to encourage one another. You want to introduce things that maybe you guys can do together, whether that's, hey, let's go to this, you know, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a free marriage seminar down the street or whatever that is. Or, hey, let's, I found this video online about uh, this marriage section or just somebody's walk with the Lord. So whatever you can do to just introduce that into your daily, weekly, monthly uh, schedule just to make sure that both of you are, are still vibrant. Church attendance, number one, you know, uh, even if those that maybe work on a Sunday, it's like if the spouse is here, make sure you take home a CD or you go home and share with them what the message was about so they feel like they're included as well. So it's all kind of different things you can do to make sure you're still, both of you are still actively uh, involved in your relationship with the Lord. And our last question, does Heather ever yell? Who wrote that? <laughs> Do I yell at you? I don't, depending on your, depending on your definition of yell, it's, it's obviously that my, my natural voice is louder than my wife's. 
and hers is a little softer. But there are times where she did not have a soft voice speaking to me or the kids, you know? More so more so, more so it's the kids. And so, and, and which is evident that she doesn't do it often. But when she does it to my kids, they stop and they tears start welling up in their eyes because they know if mommy raises her voice, then they've really made her mad or she's really upset or they did something to really hurt her. But when we've been in our arguments and things like that, it's, you know, I don't think we ever yell at each other, but our voices do escalate at times. Like, like she's never been out of control. Ah, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I got a crazy woman living with me. And so, so I'm headed out the door. But, you know, there's times where I know her voice is a lot stronger. And that's when I really need to, to listen to what she's saying, you know. And he calmly sometimes says, babe, your voice is a little bit higher. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. Then I got to take it back down. And so, but with me, it's like I blame it on my natural voice is just strong anyway, you know, and things like that. So, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's an indicator to us. It's like, you know, checking the pulse of the marriage. If we're in the midst of something and, and a heated discussion and the voices start escalating, it's like, well, wait a minute. This could really quickly turn into that we're on opposite teams. So let's, let's, let's calm down. And let's go back to communicating effectively to one another. Because when you're yelling, how many know that's not effective communication? Because if you're yelling, somebody else has just shut you down. Or they're going to come back and yell even louder. And so and when we get into those moments, we calm back down. And then we talk things out. And then at the end of that, we have this, this, this rule sometimes in our home that when we've had those heated moments, uh, then we always default back to, you know, before you're married, the enemy's trying to keep you, I'm just trying to get you in bed. When you are married, he's trying to get you out of bed. So we always, at least I always do, I end my, I end all of our arguments with this question. So, babe, you want to have sex? That's how I end all of our arguments. He does, and I'll say sometimes I'll still be mad, and then I, I just sometimes laugh. Like, really? You really asked that? And then we laugh, and then we're over it. Yeah. Sometimes we're over it after we, but, but we're over it. But I do that because it brings everything back into focus. And we can, we can blow off a heated moment with something like, hey, I still love you, and I still want to be with you, you know? Right now, if you're up for it, you know, and stuff like that. So it's just, you know, it's, it's a part of life, and it's a part of, you know, doing life together. Which that just reminded me of something we didn't talk about at all. Um, one of the things is Adonis is quick to say he's sorry. He's very quick to say he's sorry. If we get into an argument or he does something and I tell him he's done something to hurt me, he's very quick to say he's sorry. I, on the other hand, it is like pulling teeth to get me to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry in my head. I'm sorry in my mind. But it is so hard for whatever reason 
for me to say I'm sorry. So that is something that God's really had to work with me on because I don't want to then go ahead and project that onto my children so they can't say them sorry, they're sorry because I'm always telling them, just say you're sorry. It's easy for me to say, oh, just say you're sorry. But then when it comes to me, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I don't want to say I'm sorry. And so when Adonis has learned that, you know what, I'm going to say I'm sorry and I'm just going to let her give her some time. And eventually, at some point, it may be, a day later or two days or a week or whatever, she'll eventually come back and say she's sorry. And the real real thing is that, you know, when you have kids, it's like they do something. Have you ever said, where'd they get that from? And then you know where they got that from. They got that from you, you know? And it's funny with our children, it's like our son is quick to say he's sorry when he's done something he knows. But our daughter, if she will, if she's as cute as all she can be. But you'll tell her, hey, now you need to say you're sorry, and she will go, no. And I told Heather, do you wonder where she got that from <laughs> right there? I mean, it's pulling teeth to get her to say, you got to spend like five minutes talking to her. And finally, she'll break down, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And so I always laugh at Heather, like, yeah, you, you planted that seed right there. But it's, it's a lot of fun, guys. And, you know, once again, we're not a, a perfect couple, but we're a couple that is that has weathered some storms and still held on to God and each other. And so I tell this to people all the time. You know, everybody has a story. Amen? And some people are ashamed of their stories. Some people are embarrassed by it. Some people try to hide their story. And some people tell their story and help the lives of others around them. And we're people that choose to tell our story if it helps other people live a victorious life. So once again, it's been an honor uh, being with you guys. That's all the questions we had written down. If anybody has a question, they can ask it real quick. Uh, but it's been a pleasure being with you guys. And I, I know we'll be here tomorrow, uh, Sunday as well, uh, hanging out here at the church and ministering Sunday. So I got another great message, and uh, both of us will be speaking, I believe. And so it's going to be a great time. So thank you guys for being here. This has really blessed us. And, um, you know, it causes us to reflect as we're as we're talking, it causes us to always reflect on what's coming out of our mouth and, and, and to continue to, to practice what we preach and practice what we teach. And so it's been a real honor. So thank you guys uh, for being here today. And uh, we're looking forward to tomorrow. And so uh, God bless you guys. And uh, I forgot to mention this yesterday. And Heather reminded me. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, and we'll have these books available tomorrow as well. We'll still be back there too at the product table. But uh, these books, we're doing a special throughout the month of February. We're selling these on our website as well. But uh, we're doing two for, is it two for one? Or buy one, get one free. So if anybody purchases one of these dating books, which still has a lot of information that we've covered today, uh, just about relationships and how to strengthen them and make them stronger. Uh, but we're giving um, buy one, get one free. So if you purchase one of these, you get an extra one for free. So uh, we've just had a lot of even parents that had children that were in that stage. And so taking advantage of that throughout the whole month of February. So since we're here this weekend, that is available for you guys today. Buy one, get one free. God bless you guys. Pastor Bob. Thank you guys so much. It's been great. Let's give him a big hand. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 890 
866-383-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.